Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we have Dylan Reinhardt. He is the team director for Focus uh, on the South Dakota State University campus. And uh, he's going to tell us about his life as a Focus missionary and his faith journey. It's a really great uh, conversation. He has a ton of energy, great young man. So I hope you'll stick around and get to know Dylan a little bit. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. Freshly here from the great white north. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> For a little had, uh, biblical bites with Dr. B. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll just let the listeners wonder what that means. We won't explain. What a harrowing drive back more. yesterday. Dude, I just said we're going to let them wonder. Yes, I, I drove through the northeastern part of the diocese, yeah. the, the Bermuda Triangle of South Dakota. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, we're glad you're back safely. So thank you. I'm glad to be back safely. Praise. <laughs> thanks be to God. Okay. Yes. So this Sunday, this Sunday is the fourth Sunday Sun- of Lent. Correct. Okay. I can answer that question. Bill gets all the others. And it oh. has another name. What's the official Uh-oh. name of the fourth Sunday of Lent, ladies Uh-oh. and gentlemen? You didn't look at that, did didn't you? didn't look at this one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't it's know. Not. It's Actually, not the fourth Sunday of Lent. <laughs> it can be called the fourth Sunday of Lent, but it has another official name. Is this the one where they wear rose? Good safe. Yes. Oh, it yes. Is. Oh, is so it? it's not. It's not Le- the L one. Tri- it is. Le- it is. It is the L one. Latari. Latari. So I, I can never keep this straight. Gaudete Sunday is is Advent. <laughs> That's what, that one. Latari. I so, but Latari Lent. I've, and I think I've done this before, but then I'm I like, should be able to remember that. I should right? be able to remember. But I think what I do in my head is I'm like, Latari is not Lent. Like I, that, so anyway, I should just look it up every year. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, it's every, partway through Advent, partway through Lent, um, because we're just over halfway right. through Lent. Actually, we, we take a moment to rejoice. Mm-hmm. So it's uh Latari Sunday. So we're rejoicing. Um, but the, 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 uh, the theme of the first reading... That was almost a snort. That was almost a snort. <laughs> oh, the boy. theme of the first reading is not one of rejoicing. So, Bill, what do you think I'm going to be I talking about? I think there's about? going to be a giant geographical history lesson uh-huh. here. <laughs> and you are mostly correct. So the first Sunday... Uh, sorry, the first reading at Mass today is from Second Chronicles, and it's all about the Babylonian exile. Oh, so, fun. Do you know, I like geography. Do you know what... So, Bill, did you prepare for this uh, not potential? Not that... that not that far. Not depth. that far. Okay. So Babylon. What's Babylon, Renee? Do you know? Modern, uh, what, 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 Babylon in ancient Babylon is modern day. Uh, Syria? No. no. Further south. Uh, Iraq? Yes. Okay. Yes. Iraq. So um, so modern day Iraq is is roughly what was That's ancient south Babylon. south from Syria, right? Well, actually, it's <laughs> southeast. Oh, man. Where's but, the maps? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. We need to, <laughs> we need one we need to bring them maps. down. Yes. yes. <laughs> Get a whiteboard for the next uh, episode. Uh, start drawing the whiteboard. That would be great. Um, so, so the Bab- okay, Israel under King David had been sort of the the regional power. Okay, but um, they they fight and they get divided. Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom. We've talked about that before. <clears throat> um, and then other other powers rise. Uh, so the um, the Assyrians, mm-hmm. and then the Babylonians come along next. So this is the time of the Babylonian exile when um, the Babylonians conquer, the, the northern kingdom was conquered by the Assyrians, the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judea. So the 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 the, the, the people of Judea thought, we're never going to be conquered. God said the, the, the temple is going to remain forever. Da, da, da. So they basically said, we're going to do whatever we want. 
We're going to ignore the covenant, the the covenant. We're going to sin because God's going to protect Jerusalem and the temple. That's never really a good Just never turns out good. It never does. So (laughs) uh, lo and behold, Babylon comes in. And at first, like, oh yeah, we'll 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 work with you, and then we rebel, sure. and that's bad. So, uh, five eighty seven, <clears throat> the Babylonians basically level Jerusalem. Mm. They besiege and conquer and pretty much destroy the temple and the 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 palace. Um, and, and this would and, have been the Temple of Solomon. Correct. Right? The okay. temple. Correct. The Temple of Solomon. We talked about the second mm-hmm. temple last week, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the one that. So this this. Yeah. So the Ark of the this is when the Ark of the Covenant disappears, folks. Oh, okay. Until Indiana Jones finds, finds it, it. <laughs> in the deserts of Egypt in the nineteen thirties, twenties, whatever. <laughs> um, so this is when Jeremiah takes the Ark, and we don't know actually what happened to. It. But uh, so it, what would happen was common. What the Assyrians did when they conquered the Northern Kingdom, what the Babylonians did when they conquered the Southern Kingdom, they deported the people mm-hmm. back to. The home country. So in this case, so it's called the Babylonian exile because the the Jews, the people of Judea, the the, the Jews were deported from Judea, many of them, and back to Babylon. So they're in, it's it's the Babylonian exile. They're in exile in Babylon and they realize this wasn't God's fault. It was ours. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> so so they, they spend about 70 years in exile. And then another, the Persians come to power and they conquer Babylon. And Cyrus, um, and we talked about him before too, uh, a while back. Cyrus allows the, the, the Israelites, the Jews, to return to Jerusalem, rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, and sort of reestablish themselves to some degree. Right. So that's the Babylonian exile. And that's what we read about. It's not really a time of rejoicing. But God ultimately is faithful to his covenant and to his people. Great geography lesson, Dr. B. Thanks. You bet. All right. Today on the show, joining me is Dylan Reinhardt. Uh, he is a missionary with Focus. He is a team director right now. Um, and he's going to just tell us a little bit about his life as a missionary and uh, his faith journey. So welcome, Dylan. Thank you so much, Renee. It's really good to be here, honestly. Good, good. overjoyed to get the invitation. Uh, good. So. <laughs> Sometimes people are a little afraid when they get that. <laughs> They're like, uh, no. <laughs> so I was happy you said yes. Yeah, thank you. All right. So will you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So like you said, my name is Dylan Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. I'm currently the team director of focus at South Dakota State University mm-hmm. going on right now my fourth year as a missionary. I'm originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, I went to a small state college in Nebraska okay. called Peru State College. Mm, never heard of never it. Never heard of it? No. no little <laughs> southeast corner of Nebraska, okay. maybe 800 students on campus. Um, one of my buddies in high school, he pulled me in there because he said there was a lot of public hunting land there. So that's like the main ah, reason I went there. Okay. So I graduated from Peru State College in 2017. Um, with a bachelor in science, um, dual major with biology and exercise science. Oh, wow. And was originally planning on going to public health before um, I really felt that call to be a missionary. So, yeah, I have two sisters, a mom, a dad. Um, growing up, mom was a devout Catholic. Dad just got baptized Christian six years ago. And that oh. kind of plays a part of like my own conversion, like helped with my dad's conversion. So sure. it's a very unique very and beautiful cool. thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you your family still in Nebraska then? Yes. Okay. Lincoln, Nebraska, just outside of town. Been there once on or like twice. Six, it's a really huh. nice place. Yeah. Honestly, I love it. But then I moved to South Dakota and I didn't think it could get any better. And it's a lot better <laughs> <Really>? here. <so. laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> All right. So um, I read a little bit about your background on your focus bio mm. online. So I have a little a little idea of what uh, your story is. But so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, what was your faith life like before you joined Focus? Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to focus mainly on like the past five or six mm-hmm. years, just so that I don't go on. Cause I could talk about this for like 40 <laughs> minutes, 45 minutes, ask my team. I could go on forever. But uh, yeah, I was born and raised into a family where my mom was a practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. Dad wasn't a practicing Catholic nor baptized Christian. He grew up in a Christian household. My dad was adopted. Um, very stubborn man. I have a lot of that stubbornness in me as well. Um, so growing up, yeah, like went to Catholic middle school, um, kindergarten through eighth grade in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I remember younger, like younger, probably around the age eight, nine or so, my mm-hmm. dad didn't consistently go to mass with us. But sure. as I as I grew up and got closer to high school, my dad consistently went every Sunday. So growing up, I was kind of a rebel. I went to the Catholic middle schooling, but I did not want to follow any of the rules. Wow. Um, up through high school, same thing. I remember um, me and my buddy used to skip mass all of the time in high school <laughs> when we could drive. Um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> we were we were pretty rebellious in that sense. Sure. And then getting into college was kind of the same same thing. I just really was pursuing the world, and I had made a decision of like I don't want to follow this faith. I feel like it's controlling me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, getting into college about my junior year, which would be about 2014 2015, mm-hmm. I ended up getting sick with uh, Lyme disease and yeah. went undiagnosed for a couple years. And uh, yeah, through that had a pretty radical conversion. Um, it would have been. 2015, I know that because it was actually on my dad's birthday, February 22nd, (laughs) the first Sunday of the year that he got baptized and confirmed into the Catholic faith was the first time I received the Eucharist in like seven years or so. And it was at a time where like, I I have celiac disease, Mm -hmm. so I shouldn't have been receiving the full wheat host, but I was so (laughs) convicted in the Eucharist that I received it. And it was like the turning point of everything in my life. So going on from there, um, got involved at UNL's Newman Center. I went to a Koinonia retreat there. Um, by the grace of a mentor down in Auburn, Nebraska, where I lived, Dr. John Cardi. I'm going to put his name out there because he's <laughs> he's a saint. He's going to be a saint. I'm convinced of it. But he invited me to this retreat and, uh, yeah, got involved at the Newman Center there and then met a focus missionary, went on that same Holy Spirit boot camp retreat that yep. we were on a couple yep. weekends ago. And then, yeah, after that, I couldn't resist the tug on my heart yeah. um, of the Lord to become a missionary. I just loved spreading the love of Christ. I loved encountering him and other people. I love the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was the big catalyst to me becoming a missionary and then to where I'm at now. Sure. So. so what do you think it was that was always pulling you away from the church when you were younger? Is there yeah. anything in particular? Yeah, I'd say a big thing I've, I've reflected on this a lot because yeah. I'm very curious as to why I was so rebellious. Yeah. I think it's it actually comes down to that that thing of like either being ice cold or like hot. Yeah. In the faith and not lukewarm. And I just made up my mind. I'm like, well, if I'm not going to be in, I'm not going to be in at all. And I'm just going right. to go this way. I want I want to pursue these pleasures, like these things that the world tells me is going to bring me happiness. So I'd say that's the biggest one. And yeah, I just didn't like giving my time to going to mass. I was always bored as a kid, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yep. So, so when you had, um, when you were sick there for a while and you discovered you had the Lyme disease, uh, I read in your bio that your mom prayed for you a lot. <laughs> and so yes. how did that part become the catalyst for you finding your faith again? Yeah, actually, my mom, God bless her soul. <laughs> I put her through so much. Um, yeah, she would always, like in college, I was very resistant to the faith. I was like almost anti-Catholic mm-hmm. in college just because 
I thought they were trying to control me or whatever. I was just so blind. <laughs> and she would tell me every week and I'd come home, Dylan, I really wish you would go to mass. And I would, I would get mad at her. Right. Like I would yell at her be like, Mom, there are a I'm lot of moms go. right now saying, yes, I have that problem with my child right <laughs> yes, now. <laughs> have hope, have faith. Like it will come around. Your prayers mean something. Yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah, she actually, I was dating a girl in college for about three years mm-hmm. and my mom was talking to her without me even knowing about it, about the faith, right? And had this gal convinced to go through RCIA. And like, here I am as I'm first getting sick and trying to figure out what's going on, very confused. And this girl's like, yeah, I want to become Catholic. And I'm trying to convince her not to become Catholic, right? So, <laughs> on top of the other problems you <laughs> have right literally, now. Literally, <laughs> literally. Like, God bless my mom's heart for persevering in yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And it was actually through me trying to win the heart back of this girl who was going to RCIA as like foolproof plan. I'm going to go and I'm going to win her heart back by going to RCIA, right? <laughs> and I show up in that that one time I go to RCIA, it was just like I was sick, feeling really lousy. And I show up and in that opening prayer that the priest did, I don't remember what he said, but it's just this like enveloping peace, mind, hmm. soul, and body. And I just like felt this movement in my heart of God saying, Dylan, I know where you're at. I know where you've been. He's like, I don't need you to change to come to me. I just need you to come to me and just watch what happens. Wow. So that like would not have happened without my mom just persevering in prayer <laughs> and like talking to my girlfriend at the time about the faith and everything. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. Mm. Did um okay, this is kind of off topic. Yeah. Did she actually become Catholic? No, she oh. did not end <laughs> she- up becoming Catholic. No, I was uh that's, that's the okay one that though. I it has to be her who decides that. So, <laughs> truly, so it's probably okay. Truly. That's what I always like ask the Lord is like, give me that forgiveness of myself because I know part of the reason is because of me. Like <laughs> so He's um, got a plan somewhere. He does. He so does. it's yes. okay. It's okay. Uh okay. So what then attracted you to focus? Because eventually you ended yeah. up there. Yeah. So I went to the campus that I went to did not have focus on campus. Okay. So like when I was there, when I started coming back into the faith, like I said, I'm either ice cold or I'm hot. Like Mm -hmm. you can ask my mom and my dad, I'll get passionate about something right away and I'll go full into it. So like I learned about the faith. I received the Eucharist. I'm having these encounters with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, I've got to spread this everywhere. So before I even knew who Focus was, I got the Catholic, like a Catholic club going on campus. Okay. And was part of student. You were doing Focus by yourself. Literally. (laughs) That's what, that's what's beautiful about it though, is, is coming into it. I went on the Holy Spirit boot camp in probably like 2016, 2017 in that range. And I went on this Holy Spirit boot camp for people that don't know what that is. It's Mm -hmm. a retreat encounter, like centered around getting to know who the Holy Spirit is and coming into an encounter and relationship with the Holy Spirit, that part of the Trinity and Mm -hmm. knowing that we get the Father and the Son with him, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, So I went on this Holy Spirit boot camp retreat and yeah, I experienced more physical healing that stemmed from like a soulful healing, spiritual healing in like three minutes of prayer than over three years of treatment with antibiotics, with like herbal, like medicine, diet and all that stuff. I'm like, wow, well, focus, put on this retreat. Like, mm-hmm. I want to do this sometime. I want to encounter <laughs> like, people. Where with do this. I so, sign up? Huh? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that boot camp retreat was the catalyst to me sure. being interested in focus. And then honestly, um, being involved in a men's group at UNL, there were some students that were there that just kept on like persistently inviting me, like, hey, you should think about applying for focus. And I'm like, no, I have my schooling figured out. I have a guaranteed seat in public health at UNMC in Omaha. Changing direction. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, um, right? Yeah, literally, <laughs> like, literally. Like no. God's will, He has this set up for me. I can't change paths. And I was very wrong about that. So that Holy Spirit boot camp was the big, the big, probably inspiring moment where it's like, yeah. there's something about this group focus. Mm-hmm. The more I got to know about him, the more I saw like 
my desires that I already had to spread the faith and to spread the mercy and love of Christ, like I saw focus as the best avenue to do that. Right. Um, to Especially just share for that young encounter. people. Yeah. College yeah. students to yeah. prevent them from doing the things I did in college, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, if you just joined us, I'm talking to Dylan Reinhardt today about his work as a focus, focus missionary. I can't say that very well today, <laughs> apparently. Uh, okay. So can you just tell us about your experience with focus so far? Cause you've been doing this now for a few years, yep. right? Since when did you kind of start? 2017. Okay. So you've been yep. doing a few years. What's it been like? What are the, what are the best things about it? Yeah. Man, I love focus. Mm -hmm. I love being a missionary. It's uh, <laughs> it's one thing that I'd be doing this without being a missionary. Mm -hmm. So I just love doing it. So my time is focus. Um, my first year back in 2017, you know, I joined and I was super excited. Like, God, I'm giving you my yes. And that's been a big theme of my life. And the faith is just yes. There's mm -hmm. John Crotty, Dr. John Crotty. I said, God blesses your yeses, young man. He used <laughs> to always say that to me. He's like, it's all about surrender. God blesses your yeses. So um, becoming a missionary, I thought I was going to be anywhere. And the first campus I got assigned was Wayne State College in Nebraska, <laughs> the sister college to where I graduated. I'm like, I could go to the mountains. I could go anywhere. And they send like, me two hours oh. away from home. Um, and at first I was kind of like, God, what are you doing? And um, I started to see the Holy Spirit really working in that because mm -hmm. one of the interns at training my first year was actually a student who I was going to be in discipleship with at Wayne State College. Oh, okay. Just happened to line up like that, you know, and he was coming on fire with the Holy Spirit. So yeah, my time as a missionary, um, I love it. Just being able to see the Holy Spirit working not only in my own life, but watching him pursue students, my teammates, everyone that I'm around in such a beautiful way um, is amazing. So yeah. I spent two years at Wayne State College, okay. um, loved it there. It was a small community. I got to be really good friends with people in crew, um, the Campus Crusaders for oh, Christ, yeah. which yeah. is a non-Catholic organization. Mm -hmm. And um, me and a couple of the guys that I was with, you know, they'd always say, like, you guys aren't like most Catholics that I know. Like, you guys actually love Jesus. You actually have a relationship. <laughs> our Catholics are supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, Wayne State was a good time. And then, um, yeah, becoming a team director was very interesting. Yeah. Because my younger sister was actually applying for Wayne State. And I was super excited to be at the campus that my little sister is going to be at. And the Lord's just like, Dylan, I want you to be a team director. I'm like, uh, excuse me? Like, <laughs> Once again. again, I have this planned here. Um, but yeah, just through that, you know, constantly surrendering it to the Lord and trusting like, Lord, I trust that you have good plans for me. Lord, I know that you're going to do good. Like I might not desire this, but like help me have that desire for sure. this. Yep. And the more and more I surrendered that to him, the more and more peace I experienced in my heart, maybe not externally, but like in the depths <laughs> of my heart, there was peace. Um, and yeah, so like through that, wound up at South Dakota State University. Mm -hmm. I've been a team director for the past two years. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's been beautiful. It's been a growing experience. Like I questioned really hard at first why the Lord was calling me to be a team director. Because yeah. I'd say my two biggest weaknesses are discipline and consistency. <laughs> yeah. Which like literally you're like, okay, why are you going to be a team director? He wanted to develop something in you. Amen. Apparently. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I love it. Like being able to serve missionaries. So like mm -hmm. my primary job as a team director is to serve the missionaries on okay. the team. Right. And then the students that come with that as well, like I'm not neglecting them, but right. first comes a team, then comes the students, you know, and above all that is relationship with father Patrick up there at SDSU. Sure. But uh, yep. yeah, it's just a beautiful opportunity to love when it's hard. Um, you know, it's always easy to love people and love at times where it's easy to love, but it's so fruitful and so beautiful to love when things get hard and when you yep. have to have difficult conversations and everything. Oh yeah. So, no kidding. Yeah. So has your faith life changed since you've been in focus <laughs> even? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. It's uh so every day we have a scheduled holy hour except for the okay. weekend. So we have a scheduled holy hour and we're encouraged um very strongly encouraged to pray that holy hour on the weekends too. Um so before coming in with focus I lived by myself. Like in college I had my sanctuary in my house. Like mm-hmm. there'd be times where I just lay in my bed and stare at my crucifix for like 2 hours cuz my body <laughs> felt healthy that way, right? So when I came into focus I had to learn how to share that with others. I had to learn how to like have a scheduled holy hour to stay disciplined with that and not, not allow it just to become a job, but let sure. it flow from a desire of relationship with the Lord. So it's actually been a little bit more difficult coming yeah. into focus to like live out my faith from a place of authenticity. Sure. Um, but also it's challenged me so beautifully. And uh, I think within focus opportunities, I've been on two eight day silent retreats through focus, which have like radically eight changed day. my wow. life. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Highly encouraged if you yeah. ever get a time. Yeah. So I've so, actually yeah. thought about doing a weekend silent retreat, um, especially after the uh, uh, boot camp that I went yep. to a few weeks ago. So uh, I think I could maybe do it. You can do it <laughs> after know. the three day mark is when you really start to like disconnect. After three days. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was that, after one day. <laughs> people that go on like a three day retreat, I love that they're going, but it's like that day three is when you finally kind of detox oh, from the noise and you what? can enter even deeper into the silence. So, okay. Yeah. Well, baby steps. Yeah. Still honestly, <laughs> start with a day, start with an hour, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> if I can make it an hour, maybe I can do it. Okay. So, so Bishop DeGrood, um, has a vision for our diocese, which mm. you've probably heard of. Love it. Um, so that is very in tune with what you do in yes. your life every day. So what do you think of the bishop's vision? And when you heard it, what what were your thoughts? I love it. Lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship <laughs> through God's love. Yes. <laughs> with the with that like little connotation to the side, like ride yeah. the wave, right? Yeah. He always says ride the wave. So I love Bishop DeGrood's mission vision for this diocese mm-hmm. and like it lining up with focuses efforts on campus, like our whole goal is to set students up for lifelong Catholic mission, to send them out to parishes, to lead Bible studies, to do discipleship, like the gospel portrays discipleship, Mm -hmm. you know, and to know that I'm in a diocese where the bishop, like that is his mission vision, like inspires me so much. Watching the Holy Spirit move with Bishop DeGrood coming in, like this, this is what I've desired in the diocese that I'm in. And every diocese I've been in, Omaha, Lincoln, and everything has this instilled into their mission. Mm-hmm. But to know that the mission vision is lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love mm-hmm. it sets me on fire. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I know he was, uh, you had a Sikh conference recently and he was a keynote speaker. I heard a lot about it. <laughs> he kind of uh, had a lot of fun with the college yes. students there. Yes. Was, he, was the message of the missionary discipleship well-received, do you think? Oh, there? yeah. Yeah. Oh man, the students felt so united and connected Good. to their diocese. It was crazy. Like Good. they want to do it like that more often. Oh, that's great. To have Bishop there with them. It was cool. That's good. Um, <clears throat> so this kind of thing, of course, the Bishop is asking all of us as lay people to uh, take on missionary discipleship in our own way. Mm. That's going to be really scary. Yes. As you probably know. Yes. Because you were like, uh, wait a second. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yep. So... What would you recommend for the average person out there? Of hmm. How can they live their lives with a missionary mindset with the people around them? Yeah. Don't don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Don't be afraid of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And just remember, like, God blesses our yeses, right? Okay. In a very big way. Those would be the three biggest things I would say. Fear of failure. 
I feel like is the biggest thing that yeah. holds us back from really living out our faith. Yeah. Um, we, we have it in other areas in our life, but I, I believe that that's the biggest attack on our mind is being afraid to fail. Where a lot of the times when we're doing this as lay people, like we set our standards very low so as not to be disappointed, <laughs> you know, but there's a certain yeah. sense of vulnerability and getting our hopes up in the Lord and allowing ourselves to be yeah. in a spot to be like disappointed. So that'd be the biggest one of fear of failure to like not being afraid to be awkward. Like, <laughs> It's tough sometimes. Like, it's going to be awkward. Wait. Yeah, literally. You know? It's going to be really awkward. Like you're in the grocery store at times and you ask the clerk how they're doing when they're checking out your groceries and you're like, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, I'm not having a good day. Like, what do you do from there? Right. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And you just kind of go along. Right. Your ways. Like, hey, pretend it didn't happen. Like, hey, do you want to pray about this right now? Like, let's, let's say a quick prayer. There's been multiple times where I prayed with the clerk at a are grocery you store. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's like, brave. okay, this moment of awkwardness is worth an eternity. That's My true. eternity and that person's eternity. Yeah. So that, and then just saying yes, right? Like, oh, there's yeah. this retreat this weekend. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go. Yeah. And we're going to see what happens. Yeah. So those I, would be the three I things. I will agree with you on the on the yes. Um, I am not, uh, I've never really done retreats and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the, of course, I knew about the spiritual uh, boot camp retreat because I work here and I heard about it. Yep. And for some reason, I was kind of being prompted to go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was a yes, but it was like, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> I don't have to be silent. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I'll do, I'll try that. And it was great. It's so um, beautiful. Yeah. It was a really good weekend. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm not, uh, I don't talk as outwardly about my faith as you do, <laughs> but it was really a good experience for me. And there is another one coming up actually in Aberdeen. If you uh, want more information about that, you can find that on our website. But um, it was really a great experience. I, I didn't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So mm. I think if you can start to think about that, that's yes. really a cool thing. I want to encourage everyone listening. You should yeah. consider going to that boot camp retreat. Yeah. It is such a beautiful it's time. It's at the end of the month here. I can't remember yeah. what the dates are, but it's at the end of the month. So um, let's see. We have about 30 seconds. What's your favorite part of being a missionary? My favorite part of being a missionary Um yeah, following, like riding the wave of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. just the opportunities, the things that happen, like going on mission trips, um, <laughs> just watching the Lord do amazing things and watching people be wowed by the Holy yeah. Spirit, by God, the Father, by Jesus. And uh, yeah, I just love God's providence. And I love, I love bringing that providence out into the light mm -hmm. and watching people get excited about seeing God moving in these ways that only God can move. Yeah. So that's really cool. With mm -hmm. If we have lots of missionaries like you out there, I think we're in good shape. Amen. So, <laughs> I hope, I hope. I, yes, I hope so. And I think, you know, with the vision, I mean, that's that's the goal is mm. to develop more people into missionaries. And maybe not everybody is super on fire, but everybody has a role to play. Amen. So um, your role might be a little quieter. Amen. Or your role might be way louder. Who knows? We need introverts as much as we yes. need extroverts. Actually, we <laughs> it's, need it's introverts good. more because yeah. they're able to be more lots intimate. Of prayer. You know, yeah. it's yeah, so that's beautiful. That's very true. That's very true. Good point. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yes. So thank much. you so Thanks much for, for inviting me. I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. It was a good, good chat. <laughs> All right. So as Dylan and I talked earlier, um, Bishop DeGrood, uh, Bishop DeGrood's vision of lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. He wants to share that vision with the entire diocese. So Father Scott Trainer, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and Eric Gallagher will be traveling around the diocese here in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, next month or so, they should be coming to a town in a region near you, and they are going to talk about his vision and how you can start to live that vision out as well. 
Um, you can find details for that at our website at sfcatholic.org slash discipleship. And Eric Gallagher and Dr. Bergwald will be on the show next week to talk about the bishop's vision and what they're going to be doing on their um, visits around the diocese. So that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music.